It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And it's Carco and Carne uh, back. It, it feels like a Monday, but it's a Tuesday, and that's that's a positive. That's a glass half full sort of thing. Carco and Carne sponsored tonight by CNH Financial Services. CNH offers a variety of products ranging from traditional merchant accounts to a zero cost payment processing solution, which eliminates the expenses tied to accepting credit cards. CNH also offers cost effective commercial lending programs, which can help get your business the money it needs to make it through these unprecedented times. To learn more, contact C&H Financial Services at 855-600-2437 or go to chfs.us. And as I read that copy, I realize I should probably rewrite it. Uh, I have with me uh, Mark and Kevin from Shades Apart. The word unprecedented has to go at this point, doesn't it? Are, are we done with that word? I should probably uh, nix that. It, it flew right past me. Like okay. you, you were so smooth on it. I didn't That's- even- <laughs> didn't, I didn't feel a thing. <laughs> like maybe maybe we as a society should just agree. Let's stop saying this is an unprecedented time. It feels painful every time you say it now. Yeah, uncharted waters. If they got used. Yeah, it's something. Yeah. Or then you start. Yeah, that gets used a lot too. And then, and you could go like down the corporate road and say there's been a paradigm shift but then then you sound weasley i guess unprecedented is where it should get where it should stay you guys are two-thirds of shades apart uh we love you here in chicago let's start with the obvious question you disappeared for close to two decades it it was 19 years in between records we hadn't seen or heard from you let's go back to 2011 and, and let's start there what happened uh, 2011, it was... Or 2001, uh, I mean, 2001. Sorry. Oh, okay. That's that's good, too. Sorry. Yeah. The, 2001. Uh, I, I, I suck at the, math. I suck was the, I guess you're uh, looking for the year of our last uh, release. Mm-hmm. It was around that time. And I, I, we had gone from independent label to independent label up until that point, and then, or up until uh, uh, whenever we signed with Universal, I guess that was... Around 99, 90, I think, 98? 98, 99. We did Eyewitness and Sonic Boom. And then I guess at that point, we were kind of burned out. That might be a overused phrase also. But uh, I think we were had run out of gas kind of just uh, as far as the touring and writing. And um, we, we didn't intend to take such a long break, I don't think. But at that time, we needed a break. So... Yeah, so there was, was a lot of stuff going on in 2001. I mean, or when we took our break, it was right around like 9-11 kind of happened at that same time. And and the industry as a whole kind of just, you know, obviously just fell off a cliff for a while. And we just happened to be at the point where we sort of felt like, uh, you know, maybe the, the, the label was kind of cooling off on us, not really giving us the support we probably needed to go to keep going. And, you know, we were, I think, I think we were in our early 30s mid thirties maybe. And, you know, we were starting families and that kind of stuff. So we thought maybe, maybe it's time to kind of, you know, follow a different path for a while. Well, and it was a weird time musically too. I, I would guess at the time thinking like what the label might've thought, maybe you weren't punk enough for the punks and not rock enough for the new metal that was everywhere. Like you, you kind of occupied a weird position in everything that was going on at that point. 
That's yeah, that, probably been the story of our entire existence. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Like, that's our formula for non-success. <laughs> yeah. You should I, guess we never, I guess we never had a formula. We just kind of. Yeah, I mean, we definitely had big influences of bands mm-hmm. that, you know, influenced our music. And, but I guess we kind of just, and we sort of did our own thing. Of course, we had elements of whatever punk and elements of pop. And before we did our two independent records with revelation records that were pretty you know up-tempo and aggressive records and, and that's where a lot of people kind of came in to uh start to become our fans i mean we had done some our record prior to those neon was uh like you know pretty slower more melodic songs so we've always been bouncing in and out of you know like melodic songs or like heavier songs and i think uh i think now we're kind of back to maybe pre-1999 with our sound a little bit. And we'll talk about the new album a little bit. I, I guess the good news from all this, your going away wasn't the result of acrimony or you guys, it wasn't a traditional band trajectory and that you didn't want to kill each other at the end of touring and oh, album cycles. I'm going to have to look that word up. I would definitely, <laughs> no, I would definitely say there was no animosity. No animosity. It, it was just, it was just, we felt like it was time to take a break and there wasn't, it wasn't like we broke up necessarily because we're obviously good friends after all these, you know, all these years and everything. But uh, I feel like we just took a break, stepped back from music. I mean, I feel like we never really stopped thinking about writing songs or, or just playing as a band in general, but just never, we just took the time off from doing that, I think, as a, as a band. Well, we are going to talk about the new album, Eternal Echo, and we'll talk about some of the albums uh, that preceded this, and we'll talk about how you came back together. I was looking online. There is footage of you guys from the Fireside Bowl in Chicago from like 1995. Nice. You were babies. Babies back then, I yeah. swear. That was probably... I mean, I met, I met Mark when I was probably 16, right, Mark? I mean, I was, I think, a junior or right. senior in high school when Mark moved to our town. Ed and I you know, both went to the same high school and then Mark right. moved. I came in to the same high school. Yeah. I moved to, uh, uh, to the high school and met Ed. We were in the same year and Ed knew Kevin obviously already. And they yeah, were kind of all doing music stuff sort of. Right. So, I mean, it's Ed funny was story. in a cover Ed, band. Yeah. But Ed and I knew each other from the marching band in high school. So I was That's a trumpet right. player. Sweet. And Ed was obviously a drummer. And, uh, you know, he, I used to go watch him play with some of his, you know, the cover bands that he was just playing in in high school, just, you know, jamming in his mom's basement. And that's, that's when I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta ditch the trumpet and, you know, try something cooler. So, uh, (laughs) you know, the bass seemed less complicated (laughs) with four strings. So I kind of was attracted to that. See, and that's smart. I, I, my son, when he took uh, an instrument in middle school, he decided to take the trombone or learn the trombone. Ooh. I'm like, dude, unless you're going to play in like a new Orleans funeral band, you're not going to want to <laughs> stick with that instrument. I'm like learn guitar, learn drums, but sure enough, play the trombone. He was done with it. The yeah. reason why I bring up fireside bowl back in the day, it's, it's a perfect segue to bring a mutual friend into the zoom conversation. Um, he's a former guest of Carcon Carne. He's a friend to all. He is 88 fingers. Louis frontman Dennis Buckley joining us from Mr. his Buckley. Private Lair. How are you? Uh, he's working on connecting to audio. I see. Oh, things he, are happening. 
he's a textbook man of leisure. He's in like full recline. You see that, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's done yeah. this before. I think he's oh, got someone that, else holding the not well. <laughs> not well. So, that was great. That was so great to like see him again. Wow. <laughs> he may pop up again. <laughs> he might. So let, let's talk about what brought you guys back together. Obviously, you stayed in touch because you're friends. You just had adult yep. things going on. Exactly. What, it was a shared tragedy or shared loss that brought you back together? Uh, I mean, not initially. I mean, I think, you know, we never really stopped playing. We just didn't really we stopped touring. And, you know, we didn't instead of playing whatever, 100 shows a year or whatever it was, I don't even know. It was like, you know, three shows a year. So we would just yeah, if that mm-hmm. yeah, right. And um, we had done some recording at the Blasting Room in Colorado for the past records, and we kind of developed a pretty good relationship with those guys. And back in Mark, I need help with the date. It might have been 2011. It was 2011. Yeah, that that number came up before. But... Uh, you know, they kind of reached out to us and said, "Hey, we got some studio time. You guys should come out and record some songs." And we're like. Well, uh, it's kind of far to go. <laughs> we don't really have a lot of songs. Anyway, we worked it out, and they they were great. We went out there for like a long weekend and did two songs, and that kind of kick started. Like, hey, we got to keep this going. Let's let's keep writing. And of course, as soon as we got home from that trip, that kind of fizzled out. You know, just- Wait, the the other side uh, part of the story was that we were that happened during uh, Hurricane Irene. We went out to we went out to Colorado. As we're leaving, they're talking about this hurricane coming into coming up the coast. So we're like saying goodbye to our wives and families. And like, all right, we're going to we're going to go record a couple songs. We'll be back. We're going to Colorado, and we're like leaving them kind of. All right, you guys got this hurricane thing. We're going to go uh, play. It'll rock be band. fine. Okay. It'll be fine. The weather people yeah. exaggerate. Yeah. Uh, so I came, I came home into a foot of water in my basement. That was <laughs> That's right. Uh, is Dennis Buckley with us? Dennis keeps fading in and out. It's like a fever dream. I keep seeing his face. I don't know I don't if he's know. actually make some noise over there. Man. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm here. I thought it was just me. No. What's up, man? Hey guys. How's it going? Good. It's been a minute. It has been a long minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you guys have punk rock stuff to discuss? I can leave the room. <laughs> um, I want to. I, I want to take this time to apologize again for. Uh, for 1995's uh, Toronto uh, faux pas on my part, we we 88 and Shades Apart were part of uh, was that Snow Jam? Was that Wait, are you, are you just you didn't hear the interview up until this point? No. Okay, because the guys talked about that you did a show, you did Snow Jam, but they didn't go into uh, the 88 faux pas, which I'm dying to hear about. Yeah, oh well, you know, I'm kind of curious to hear about it too. I've lived with this for uh, for the better part of 25 <laughs> years, uh, so we. We did a handful of uh, Eastern Canada shows, um, and I think the last show we did together was um, in Toronto. And I want to say Blink One Eighty Two might have been on that show, like, and it might have been even been before they were called Blink One Eighty Two. They might have just been called Blink at the time, and they we were did, like, "We did play." I remember playing. I feel like that was in San Diego, though. We played a handful, not a handful, like maybe two or three Blink shows before they blew up, and. They yeah, had a different drummer at the time, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. they had a different they had a different drummer because uh, yeah, because like Toronto and a couple of shows, um, the people behind Snow Jam um, put put everybody up. But the uh, the Toronto show was the last show of that run, and I don't know if if you know 
one drunken night at some bar were like, you guys should come, you should come up and do a song with us. And I'm like, yeah, sure. What song do you guys want to do? And, and you guys were doing, um, you were doing Hope by The Descendants, right? Really? Wasn't that the yep. Yeah, we yeah. can do that. And so you guys said you got, you want to come up and you want to come up and sing home. I'm like, yeah, dude, Descendants, number one band of all time. Yeah, let's go. Okay. And I went up there and I sang uh, the first line and completely biffed the rest and actually ran off stage and Kevin sang the rest of the song. See that you're just giving me my opportunity to shine. <laughs> That's it. He's propping you up. You mean that yeah. wasn't planned that way? It was not planned that I, that I screwed up. No. Well, listen, I hope you didn't lose any sleep over that for 25 years. Dude, I haven't, I, I faintly remember even playing that song out. Yeah. It, it, we did I it. Wanna, I, I want to see you guys were, you guys. It's might have been back doing to the, me now. Yeah. You guys had already maybe started doing the um, 20 eyes. Maybe. I, I feel like we, you guys were comfortable enough doing that live. So we said, so you guys decided on doing hope and I'm like, this is gonna be great, man. Okay. What are we, okay. Yeah. What are Everybody we knows that song. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. See, here's the thing. Dennis stuff? has held on to this shame for for decades now. But as it's a music true. fan, as someone going to like, I see so many concerts where it's the same set list every night. It is the same mm-hmm. patter in between songs. I like seeing sloppiness. I like seeing unpredictable <laughs> shit. I like seeing train wrecks because that just she come to more of our shows. I was going to say, you've been to enough 88 figure shows, you know, you know. <laughs> right. But that's, that's what makes shows memorable. It's not, it's not like going to see a Broadway show where you get the same product every night. It's that it's one of a kind. You get a special experience. If it's Buckley biffing the descendants, awesome. <laughs> no jam too. <laughs> I mean, bring it back. Oh, bring when it back. Touring, no jam when, you're, when you're out touring and playing the same songs over and over and over, you know, it gets pretty tight and, you know, the, the, the slip ups are far and few between, but like nowadays, like when we're playing, like I said, two, three times a year, it's kind of always an adventure. So, <laughs> adventure. Chances are high, you'll yeah. see something, you know, fun. So, so, Dennis, before you came on, they were talking about how when they decided to kind of just start families, focus on other things beyond Shades Apart, it was yeah. 2001. Obviously, things were weird at that time. So, they, they decided to put the brakes on a little bit seem like the perfect time to come back into things is during the pandemic um, as the world's on fire. 2001 was too much, but 2020, bring it on. Perfect yeah. time to come back. Yeah, right. yeah. sounds about right. We've always had terrible yeah. timing. <laughs> mm-hmm. We well, wanted to see how low we could get before we came back. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Let's what? talk about Eternal Echo. This is this great album. It's 10 songs. It's a lean album. At least eight of the 10 songs are anthemic. I love it. It is uh, Dennis actually was the first person to say you've got to listen to this, and he's right. And the song five dollars, please. Thanks, man. Uh, sure. The song I want to start talking about is ninety-five. That it's the unofficial title track on the album. It's nostalgia is a tricky thing to navigate around in song in conversation. You never want to be too maudlin about the past or not optimistic enough about the future. I feel like this hits all the right notes. Tell me about the song. We'll start with Mark. I will say that Ed had this uh, theme for a song. And it was, like you said, looking back to that time in your life. And, uh, you know, for 95, it was kind of hits the mark for us, like when we were kind of finding ourselves as a band. And he wrote, uh, 
I wouldn't say a poem, but he wrote a song lyrically, right? So he wrote, had all the words together and everything. And that came to me. I mean, that's, that's kind of how we were functioning as a band anyway. We weren't really necessarily, pre-pandemic, we were, you know, we were self-isolating at home with our families and uh, communicating through email, uh, sending music files back and forth. And that's how we were putting songs together. So he sent me that uh, lyric and I was like, man, this, is gonna, this could be a really great song. So I, I, I almost immediately a melody came into my head to go with that, that whole theme. And uh, I know I got to really give all the credit to Ed for like writing such an uh, inspiring song, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, a lot of people may not know this, but Ed's responsible for a large portion of our lyric content. I mean, you know, he's not just a drummer. He's a big part of the songwriting team for sure. Yeah, I love it. And another song that stands out to me is Dark Valley Lake, which has almost like this classic rock power ballad feel to it. Tell me about okay. that song. Uh, I think that was kind of a similar, similar approach. Like, I guess with these songs, we didn't necessarily say, oh, I got this riff. Like a lot, like, I feel like in the past, we were kind of like driven by like, okay, this is how this guitar riff goes, or this is how this bass line goes. And I, I kind of, with this record, it was kind of cool to approach it. The, the, the opposite version of what we usually do, where we would find lyrics to go with the melody. You know, so that was another song like that and uh, a, a similar, a similar approach. I guess we'd both. Uh, yeah. I mean, my memory of the, that the of that song coming together was Mark had, you had a very acoustic sort of. Uh, oh, driven song. like original version of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the idea was very, you know, pretty mellow, like sort of how the song starts and it was very cool. And um, I mean, over the years, we've always had these like, I don't know. I always call them like sort of like the shades apart. Um, uh, what would you call it? Um, ballad, you know, it's like, they're not really ballads, but they're sort of slower tempo. They're like kind of get to the big, you know, the big hit chorus or whatever. And it just, I, I kind of felt like that song could be really cool with a, with a, you know, some pummeling bass and drums behind it. And then it kind of like maybe turned it a little bit from what maybe Mark's original idea was, but mm -hmm. still keeping, you know, the, the whole melody line that he had and everything intact. And I think lyrically, I remember the story Ed was telling, at least this is what he told me, um, that it kind of was inspired from some, either some conversations he had. Ed's, a, Ed's a, an, an English literature teacher in high school. So um, I don't know if this was some conversations he had with some, teach some students or from reading assignments, but um, it was really kind of a story of, around i think like depression wasn't it mark kind of like dark valley lake was was representing this place somebody goes when they're in a you know in their mind and when they're in a bad going through a bad time and and uh that's kind of how that song started lyrically like to develop it was kind of with that theme in mind you know so dark valley lake's not really like a real place it's just like something that exists maybe in everybody's head or anybody who's been depressed or right you know you just you know you don't you don't know how long you're there for you don't know when you're going to come out of it you know and you have the of, people and his thing was that he has his the people around him friends and family to kind of pull you back out of that spot you know yeah so put a more you know like a positive twist on it a little bit 
Uh, if people are just joining us on Facebook Live, I have Mark and Kevin from Shades Apart here. Dennis Buckley, the front man, uh, the raconteur, lead singer of 88 Fingers Louie, a Chicago institution, is also here. And Dennis, I don't want you to feel awkward. I mean, you, you love the album and the band, too. Feel free to jump in. I have some questions I'd like to ask. Don't oh, get boy. it. There it is. I, I just opened <laughs> the door. Go. Not as confrontational as possible. No, this sounds just like this is just brings you right back to Snow Jam, man. Just yeah, exactly. That same attitude. Just <laughs> jump in there. You start, right. start messing Snow up Jam songs. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some things to say. You know, you know one one thing I actually always wanted to, to ask you guys. Um, uh, Sonic Boom came out in what year? I believe wow. two thousand and one. One. That was two thousand and one. Okay, yeah. and then you guys. Um, essentially split and then um you got back together for dave's um benefit or memorial right dave franklin's memorial yeah so i mean well like like kevin said we had done a few as people would kind of request we would play you know local spots you know nothing major maybe once once twice a year something would pop up we'd kind of relearn our songs and then but yeah like you were saying that was kind of a big uh for lack of a better word a catalyst for us to uh, how, how yeah, was so, it like? Yeah, sorry, Kevin. No, that's okay. I was just going to say, yeah. So when, when our buddy Dave uh, passed away, um, Mark and I, we were, we were asked to perform a song at his, his memorial, um, not the benefit show. This was his actual memorial. And we were asked to do one of our existing songs. And, and we just kind of both didn't really feel like maybe that was the right fit for the, for the moment, you know, and, so um, Mark wrote uh, an acoustic song that he and I sang together. And um, a lot about what happened around that time played a big role in probably Eternal Echo. A lot of the themes that, that the lyrical themes revolve around, you know, stuff that happened back then. And it was, it was, um, you know, when, when, when we had that, tribute when the tribute show happened and the memorial you know we saw a lot of people we hadn't seen in many years you know it's like oh, sure. it's like a high school reunion or something you know what i mean and so yeah. you kind of in your head you remember what somebody was like you know 20 years ago but they went around they, they lived their life and they're who they are now but when you see them you kind of just wonder oh you know you wonder about their transformation from then till now and i think a lot of the songs deal with that kind of stuff Sure. And then that, that, that tribute show you guys did, uh, was there a special request for you guys to play uh, all the old stuff? Well, a big part of deciding to do that was the fact that we wrote a lot of those songs in uh, Dave Franklin's mom's basement in our neighborhood <laughs> back then. Oh, wow. So we kind of wanted to go back in time to that time and yeah. Kind of. Yeah, it just we learned those sense. songs from the record. Yeah. When when we uh, when we recorded our first record, our first record ever, the self titled one um, that we did down at Inner Ear. Um, I mean, Dave drove down to the studio with us and helped sing some backups. I, you know, I re- I remember. And so like he was, it back when that record was recorded, we were we were in high school or maybe I was in first or second year of college. I can't remember. Um, yeah. And it was just a lot of like hanging out in the basement, you know, couple bands, you know, us, Vision, whoever else, just like a, um, Dave's house was a big hangout for people in the music scene, the local music scene, and we were part of that. And that's, 
you know, that's kind of when we were closest to Dave, obviously. And, and, and um, so we just felt like it seemed right to play the songs from that time. And we knew Dave best. Yeah. Yeah. I got a kick. I, I got a kick out of watching that. Cause I don't, I mean, on the, 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 the few shows that I got to see you guys play in the nineties, I don't know that. I, I don't know that I ever heard anything. I don't think, I don't know if that you guys were even playing the pre rev stuff when, when, uh, when you guys were playing. Um, no, I don't think, I don't know that any of those songs, maybe one or one or two might pop up, but yeah, you're, maybe, you're right, maybe, you're right, Dennis. Maybe you guys yeah. did Storm Clouds? I think maybe Storm Cloud might have been one of them, or Shadow of yeah, a Cross. Definitely oh, Shadow would, would pop up mm-hmm. uh, yeah. here and there, like away every once in a while. Uh, yeah. It was really fun to do the, you know, do those old songs, because like you said, we didn't, we didn't get to play them all that much. You know how it is, like every time you do a new record, it's kind of like you lose a few of the songs you used to do on the older records in lieu of the new ones. Yeah. And by the time you're on your, like your seventh record or sixth record, it's like, <laughs> you know, what can you yeah. do? Maybe like two songs per record or whatever. It's, right. Right. So, yeah. It's a delicate so balance. This is kind of a good, a good uh, chance to play all those songs again. Yeah. Cool. I'd like to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. You should do that in Chicago. Yeah, man. Let's, let's set it up. You know, anybody we could play with? Fireside. Yeah, still happening. I know a guy or two. <laughs> We could we could see. Um, uh, one more question about the olden days. Uh, uh, Save it was re- was the first one you guys did with uh, with Bill and Stephen, right? Or Bill and Stephen? Correct. Correct. Was that? The, I, I and I always want to know this too. Was was were you guys the first non? Dennis, let, let me interrupt for people who aren't as inside baseball as the assemblage here. <laughs> You're talking about the dudes from the Descendants. Just, just for people joining us, yes, who, in, who aren't on a first name basis with the iconic Descendants. I just wanted to provide a little context. Yes, thanks, James. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, James. That's why now I know what's it. going on too. No. Uh, <laughs> what, was was Save It the first uh, or one of the first non-Descendants or all affiliated albums that they worked on? Because up to that point, they were just doing their own stuff, right? I, from what I remember, they were kind of on this like sort of production tour when they did a harvest, like they had done, I don't remember the number, like one or two other bands like okay. prior to us, but like within months of each other or weeks, I think it was literally like they were driving around and producing a bunch of records, not a bunch, but a few records. And yeah, we were lucky enough to uh, get their attention to, to do our record. I feel so, like they were. So record- we were- Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I feel like they recorded that band Mustard Plug. Oh, was that before you guys? Okay. I feel like I feel like I, I remember seeing a, a list. This was once we got out to the blasting room, though. So that was like yeah. a couple of years later. Mm-hmm. But I, maybe they really started kicking in with projects at that point. But I don't, I don't yeah, know. It was, it was probably in the beginning part of them doing it, though, which was kind of cool. Yeah. I, so when I, we we did that record, they they came out to New Jersey and we recorded yeah. it at a studio called Tracks East here, and so yeah. that was just uh, that was another like I don't know three or four days, and the whole thing was done. Wow. Yeah, I think it was a three day three day project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> jumping back into jumping back into Eternal Echo for a second, Dennis, okay. feel free to chime in as well. Uh, we talked about loss. We talked about nostalgia. The last song uh, is it the last song? Dark Side of Life. It's one of the last songs on the album. Um, to me, it touches on a lot of this stuff. It also strikes me as ending the album on a positive note. Fair to say? Yeah, I'd say that's fair say. to say. I, I think a lot of our songs, that even though some of them may have like darker tones, I think we always put a little bit of ray of hope in there. Um, 
Dark Side of Life actually was one of those two songs that we recorded in 2011 that kind of set the framework for the rest of the record. Um, so, is that why it's it's low in in the sequence? Just because it's the least new for you guys and it wasn't as interesting? Well, I think be, I, that's one of my favorites. But I mean, it, it it's definitely like the. the what you said, you know, it's been sitting around in our heads. It's been sitting around for a while. So it probably did get kind of a little bit back burner. But also, like you said, James, I feel like you, it seemed like a fitting ending for the, the collection of songs. I like that. That sounded good to me. I like that answer that you gave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of like says, okay, we're going to end this more like on a positive thing. There's a lot of dark shit that we talked about, but also, you know, and I think when we were doing this record too, we knew it was going to be, we all, we kind of had a feeling it was going to be vinyl too. So in our heads, even though it's sort of the last song, it's, you know, depending which side you start with, it may not be the last one. I mean, it's, it is the last song in the track listing, True. but you know what I mean? It's like, it could be number five. It could be the fifth song. I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, let's talk about it. The album is available. Um, I saw a pre-sale bundle. First of all, it's a value at any price. Eternal Echo from Shades Apart. Um, limited edition vinyl, a handsome in any situation Shades Apart t-shirt. You can pre-order those uh, bundles now. Uh, I think the black vinyl, limited pressing of 100. There's colored vinyl. I mean, it's just cool. And uh, it would look good on any shelf. The shirts would look good in any collection. And you can order. The label site is, help me out. Hellmindedrecords.com. There it is. Perfect. Let, let's backtrack a little bit before the present day, and we'll, we'll wrap up by talking a little more about Eternal Echo. And here's where um, the wise punk sensei, Dennis, can also jump in. Was seeing things the standout of Shades Apart Mach 1, the 20th century Shades Apart? What do you think about that, Dennis? <laughs> well, <laughs> I feel like uh, that, that, is, that oh. is certainly my favorite Shades Apart record. And I have I have a distinct memory, uh, with a jog you guys' memory a little bit. The um, probably the last time I saw you guys play live, I I, I unfortunately did not see the uh, the the ninety nine through two thousand and one years. But um, you guys played. You guys remember playing with Shift at in North? Yeah, you guys of played course. a church basement, a church basement in in um, in freaking uh, North Lake Illinois, James. They played. Uh, <laughs> Like a North Lake Presbyterian Church. That's amazing. And uh, what the, the the coolest thing about that was, uh, you guys. So you guys played that. You guys started playing "Hiding Place." I remember that. I'm like, oh, this is a new song. And there was like harmonics all over the place. I'm like, oh, oh, these guys, these guys wrote this song for me. This was this was right <laughs> up my alley. And then, um, and then you guys stayed. You actually stayed. We drove out to Naperville where I was staying at the time and you guys stayed at our place. And I can't remember who I, I stayed up and punished one of you guys up all night. I'm, I'm thinking it was Ed because Ed has a, has a memory of this where I was just like, uh, like, tell me what it's like to record the descendants. Cause at that time we didn't, you know, that didn't even enter our heads, but um, mm -hmm. shades apart or I'm sorry, uh, saving thing or sorry, seeing things came out in 97. Do I have that right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, had you guys, when you guys did that tour with Shift, had you guys already recorded the record by that point? Wow. I, I have mm. no idea. Um, <laughs> I know I know we recorded in, it had to be summer, 
because we went we went out to that uh we were talking about going out to horse tooth canyon or whatever we were like jumping off the <laughs> into the quarry water the cliff cliff diving or whatever over there oh yeah out yeah. in Fort collins but yeah. uh so it was summer recording okay. but shift i felt like what was that i feel like we did an east coast shift thing but then also all it yeah yeah that's so maybe not, you guys had already recorded it i think it was probably done yeah 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 but yeah that, that that was a great show and that uh yeah, that 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 album, start to finish, for me is 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 definitely my favorite. Um, what uh, I, I hear that it, often, I guess. You know, I hear it, people say that. I, I love I, behind the wheel. That, that's a favorite for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's why I wanted to ask you. Um, if, if this hasn't been asked already, you guys re-recorded. Um, you guys re-recorded second chances for. Um, uh, for for eyewitness and then you guys re-recorded behind the wheel for sonic uh sonic boom was that a conscious decision on your part to bring back a couple old songs or was it like i feel like what's behind the wheel that was like somebody's favorite song at the that sounds like a record company thing yeah like they were like oh man this song is so great and we'd like to hear what it sounds like on a i don't know like to me it it didn't really change that much from record to record but it's like bad religion doing 21st century digital boy four years. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like yeah. it was just like, Oh man, that, that song was kind of a, I don't know, a popular one with, with whoever was it, you know, at, at the recordings session or yeah. whatever, you know, but I don't really know why. Well, how did we end up doing uh you, you reminded me that we re, we redid that song also. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe well, we, I remember, Ran out I remember of we, we we were eighty eight was taking a tour of uh, of blasting room and it was, I think eyewitness was was maybe on its way uh, to being released or had just been released but uh, but Jason said uh, J- Jason and I had already you know had our full blown nerd out over you guys and uh, uh, he, he's like oh best best the best band I've ever recorded and da 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 da. He goes, you want to hear something cool? And we played, uh, yeah, maybe it hadn't come out yet, but he, we played the, the rev version of, uh, of second chances. And then the eyewitness version. And, uh, he's like, which one's better, which one's better. I'm like, you're not going to put me on the spot, man. <laughs> I, like, I, like both. <laughs> I think we, before we put out eyewitness, we went, we recorded, did, is this right, Mark? Did we record some, some songs? Oh, we did that like a kind of like a demo kind of thing with Jason. Yeah, like, and that's kind of I guess it was used to sort of shop around the labels or something like that. Mm. Um, so like, I remember Sputnik was one of those songs. Maybe Mark, do you remember? I feel like it was. That sounds right. Chasing Daydreams was definitely on there. Huh. I think. Uh, Lisa. But it was like maybe three or four songs, you know, that we just kind of like were writing at the time, and we thought those would be good demo songs to kind of push push around the industry. Yeah. Lisa in the Facebook live chat just wrote "Chasing Daydreams." Sigh. Oh. So clearly, <laughs> clearly the song has made I guess an impact. So. Okay. I, my, my one last, uh, my one last. Um, old school question for you guys. Uh, and Kevin, I think maybe we messaged about this before. Um, is Fisk forever going to be the final um, 
the final shade song in your set? It's it's a good one for the final yeah. <laughs> song, but uh, yeah, I mean it's been one of our closers forever. So that's perfect. Uh, it's a perfect closer. I don't think we've written a better closer yet, so probably still going to be there. <laughs> it just happens. Whenever we if we do play a show, if and when we play another show, I'm sure it'll 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 just suddenly okay. All right, it's time to wrap up. Here we go. Yep, time to play fist. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. Uh, a couple of you have mentioned eyewitness came out at the end of the 21st century valentine upon re-listening after some time away this was the biggest hit that wasn't a big hit this this was the this was the right song at the right time and my god it still holds up this song it's just a massive record massive sound just it's powerful it really hits all the notes for what i understand hit records to be made of were you surprised oh, it didn't go farther? Uh, I would have liked to have gotten bigger, <laughs> but uh, I guess we just weren't good enough. You know, who knows? It's just, uh, you never know what drives a lot of that stuff. But like, that was a song when we wrote it. I was like, oh, this is a great, you know, you just, you just have those songs that you know are going to do well, or they just kind of rise above the rest. And that was definitely one of them. Stranger by the Day on that record was another one. And, and luckily the label agreed and those were the singles, but um I don't know. It did pretty well. Like I said, if you haven't listened to Valentine in a while, uh, that, that song just, it, it, it's a great legacy. If that was the only song you ever recorded, that would be plenty. And you have plenty more <laughs> beyond that. Um, so eternal echo nice, back to that. The, the new album is out. It's funny. Ryan on the Facebook live says, uh, excited to hear they have more out so many exclamation points. Yeah. There were like six exclamation points in his comments. So he is serious about the return nice. of shades apart. This is long awaited. So, it, Oh, and uh, Francisco says, Valentine is amazing. See? Uh, so it, it's obviously it's, it's a tricky time. It's a shitty time. It's a weird time. You've got this new album. It's hard to forecast where you'll go or how you'll move, fo- move forward in this. But I guess the headline is you're back. There's a new album, and is it just kind of like a play it by ear thing at this point? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think any one of us thought like this was going to be like an, you know a second shot at a music career or anything like that. This is just something we like. Yeah, we like writing songs together, and we wanted to put something out and uh, maybe show our kids, you know, <laughs> a process and prove to them that we still have a little bit of coolness left in us and. Um, I don't know. Not of working. Of course, by the way, of course that didn't work. But none of that yeah. is working. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't tell your kids. Back in the day, we used to play in church basements in the Chicago suburbs. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if there was, you know, I don't think there was a world tour ever in in, in the plan. Um, I think huh. we were hoping to be able to play, you know, some local and regional stuff that obviously we can't do right now. So um, the future's a little unclear on that. Well, well, you've got this great album out. And the question I ask every band during this time is, what's the best way to support you? Is it pre-ordering the album through the label? Is it Bandcamp? How can we support you during this time? Yeah, I mean, all the obvious things, you know, just uh, buy the record. And the biggest thing you can help us out, if you like the record, just tell somebody about it. Because that's it. the hardest part is going to be spreading the news. You know, uh, Hellmind has been super awesome. Uh, Joe, who runs the label, is just great at promoting and um but you know at the same time we could use a lot of help so best way to support us is just uh, help spread the word really 
I, I was talking to the band. We're, we're Shades Apart, and uh, Dennis from 88, Bu- uh, 88, Buc- <laughs> 88 Buckley's Louie, 88 Fingers Louie, is here. I, I was talking before we started the interview about how I've been going on daily walks just to kind of clear my head, detach from social media, everything, the web, everything. Uh, this new album is great for going for walks. I, I've been going on one to two hour walks. I, I've taken it with me the past several days, Eternal Echo. Uh, it, it's great. It's just, it hits all the right notes. It's got the right tempo. It's got the right messages. I love it. So in terms of Thanks, my, my modest you. athleticism has benefited from <laughs> Shades of Parts new music. Right. That's right. <laughs> Get your steps in. Buy That's the it. record. <laughs> <laughs> Get your steps in, people. I, I got this <laughs> Fitbit as a gift a couple of years ago, and I was outraged when just wearing it didn't make me lose weight. Like I just <laughs> got to put in the work. Got to put yeah. in the work. What a drag. Does your does your walking pace change with every song? Like you kind of like you know walk a little bit, a little bit. I, I I like starting slow actually. So maybe so what now is not the best one to lead with. Maybe I have to work my way up to to firing up your album. I like to start slow and build momentum. So you know, maybe I'll start with a podcast and then switch to music or an audible nice. book. Yeah. Uh, Christine like on the it. Facebook live says, can't wait to see you guys again. Such an amazing band. Everyone grab a copy of the new album. Thank you, Christine. Nice. Thank and you. Jason says, what's up dudes. And I think you've answered that a lot. New music. What's up? <laughs> Which Jason are we speaking of there? Do we know? The Jason? No. Uh, please send our, uh, our kind well wishes to Ed, who couldn't be with us tonight. He's got stuff going on. Uh, and I'm going to wrap up the Facebook Live. I want to say thanks to everyone who's been watching this as we've recorded this live. Uh, this will live forever on all podcast platforms and carconcarney.com. And before we stop the Facebook Live, I also want to thank the uh, recurring guest, the masterful guest host, guest interviewer, uh, Dennis Buckley of 88 Fingers Louie. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Good to see you guys. Same Hi, here, Dennis. man. Yeah, it's been, it's like you said, it's been a minute.